Well, we're looking at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 4. He's been baptized. He's then uh, driven into the wilderness, into the desert area by the Spirit of God, where he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And uh, during that time, and at the end of that time, it's the, the devil who comes to him with these three temptations. And we looked at those over a number of weeks now. We looked at an introduction, and then we've gone through each one individually. And uh, we could well uh, pass on now to uh, Jesus beginning his Galilean ministry, verse 14 onwards. But I'm held by this verse 13. So it's worth having a look at verse 13 together this morning. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So I want us to think about that phrase. Until an opportune time. When the devil had ended every temptation, he's pulled out all the stops against this last Adam, the Prince of Glory, God who became man without ceasing to be God. There he is. Adam was in a lush garden, tempted and fell. He is the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ in a wilderness. And he pulls out all the stops against him. Every temptation. Um, insinuating that maybe he's not the Son of God. God has said, you are my son at his baptism. With you I'm well pleased. Oh, says the devil, if you are the Son of God. And causing doubts, he's a master at that. And if you never have doubts, I wonder if you've got the real thing. Because cultish people don't have doubts. It's just programmed into them. But where about spiritual faith? And what I don't see, I know. In the world, it's seeing is believing. In the spiritual realm, believing is seeing. But because I don't see, those times of doubt do come. Sometimes it's my own fault. Other times it comes from the pit uh, of hell. But if you are the Son of God, if you throw that at the very Son of God, the last Adam, he'll certainly throw it at you and me. And then... He tempts him to take matters into his own hands. You're hungry, make these stones become bread. Uh, feed yourself. Essentially, don't trust in the providence of God. You, you need to help yourself here. Now, he could have done it as the eternal son. He remains fully God. He can calm a storm. He can feed the multitudes. He can raise the dead. He could have fed himself, but you and I can't. He doesn't succumb to that temptation. No, he trusts in the providence of God and gives back the scripture to him. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Even though I'm hungry, I will not doubt him. Right? And when we go through trials and temptations and difficulties and times of barrenness, are we still willing to trust him? I don't live by bread alone. And then... Uh, uh, don't trust providence, uh, that didn't work. Uh, love that which providence provides. And God provides so What a wonderful world. We could sing with Louis Armstrong. I think to myself, what a wonderful world. He took him to this high place and showed him all the glory of the kingdoms of the world. All this will be yours if you'll only bow down and worship me. But the world is not enough. 
It is written, it is written, uh, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the final temptation is to tempt providence. Uh, don't trust providence was the first one, help yourself. Uh, love the providence of God that he's provided, but reject him, the second one. And now, tempt the providence that is there. So the devil takes into that pinnacle of the temple, throw yourself down, for it is written, here's the devil, audacity, quoting scripture back at Jesus Christ. Throw yourself, it is written, he will guard you in all your ways, he'll send his angels to uh, help you that you won't dash your feet against a rock. And, um, no, Christ withstands that. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he's pulled out all the stops, the devil then, we're told, departed from him. If I were an artist, you know, things I'd perhaps paint. What's, what's the scene like? He's... Uh, he skulks away. He's dejected. He's defeated. He is devastated. He has failed to tempt the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. Adam, the first Adam, quickly defeated in a lush paradise. And remember this. Adam's defeat in the Garden of Eden was our defeat too. As in Adam, all die. Adam sinned, Adam rebelled, Adam fell. We fell in Adam. We are in Adam. The latest child to be born, and the youngest child here this morning, and he's still in the service. They've all been uh, ushered off to their Sunday schools. Perhaps they, they have but everyone born with this demerit, we inherit. Uh, Adam, our federal head. You might say, well, that's not fair. If I'd been in the Garden of Eden, I wouldn't have done that. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. Adam's failure. Adam's sin. Adam tempted. Adam fell in that lush paradise. And that defeat is our defeat. Romans chapter 5. And verse 12, let me just read it. Well worth looking at. Romans 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all man, because all sinned. We all sinned in Adam. Adam is our representative. We fell in Adam. But here's the glorious counterpart to that. Jesus Christ, the last Adam, he is triumphant in that barren desert. And it's the beginning of the outworking of his great victory over sin, death and hell. His victory is my victory. As in Adam all die, so in Christ all are made alive again. And the all there is all who will simply trust in him. My friend, this morning, here's this great truth. Federal headship. A deep, deep truth of the Bible. Now, many don't like it, but I take what I read, and I thank God for the federation and the federal headship. How can I get to heaven? 
because of what Adam did, I'm born with this defect. And although there's a principle of sin in my life, I'm happy to follow it. So I'm a sinner by nature and a sinner by action. And it brings death, but it comes from that federal head, Adam. But thank God there is this alternative. And what, 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 what comparison could there be? He's known as the last Adam. He comes into the world to put right what has gone wrong. He's come to take away our sin. He's come to be, my friend, your federal head. Now the election's coming up in America fairly soon. Did you, have you heard anything about them? I mean, what a, what a choice. Eh? I don't want to caricature things. I don't want to interfere with the American elections. May God bless them, and I'm sure they pray for their their governments, but you've got a, quite a choice there. Spoiled for a choice, really. Yeah, look, now there's, there's no... Why, why would you hesitate? You can have Adam and hang on to him, but you know what it's brought, and you know what it's bringing. This morning, make that vote from the centre of your being for Jesus Christ. I want him as my president, my federal head. I take the Lord Jesus Christ... And when you do that, the demerit falls away and you get the merits that you didn't earn. He gives them to you and he becomes your federal head. The clean life he lived represents you. And the death that he died was a penalty for your sin. How do I know it's true? Oh, what a powerful federal head he is. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his now it's beginning here in the desert, this wonderful victory. No wonder the devil goes away, dejected, defeated, devastated, skulking uh, away. The devil departs and leaves him. But it's not over. Just this phrase, until an opportune time. Now he's stung, he's angry, and there are three more years left of his earthly ministry to tempt the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the devil is clever. We've learned about the wiles of the devil. He's always been clever, but he's a student of human nature. And here's the thing. He's had around 6,000 years or so to study. <laughs> I only get one shot at this. All right? So I need help. Don't think you can manage by yourself. Ask the Saviour to help you. Right? He's, he's the one who's victorious. Left to ourselves, we're sitting ducks. Where he's got a dossier, he's studied, he's a master at it. And although we can hear preaching and read books and read the Bible, when, he, when the rubber hits the road, we're all at sea. We forget what we've read and we've learned. I need a present experience of him. I need to know him with me. Otherwise, I can't stand. No way. But the devil has these three years. He's clever, he's wily. He's waiting for an opportune time. <clears throat> God, he's omni-everything. Omnipotent, omniscient, uh, uh, omnipresent. But the devil is not. Now, he might be very, very clever, but he's not all-knowing. He might be very powerful, but he's not all-powerful. 
he might be swift between places, but he's not omnipresent. So he has to use his, his wiles, and he's waiting for opportune times. When Peter is writing his first letter, he has some advice for Christians, and so it comes to us here in Heath this morning. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. Be sober, he's saying to Christians. That's clear, clear thinking. If you're drunk, your thinking's all over the place. You do ridiculous things. I was walking through the town. Yes, I've been to a concert at St. David's Hall. And uh, walking back, it was only quarter to nine. And coming through Queen Street. Dear me. It's a long time since I've done that on a Saturday evening. It was only, it's still light. But the wild things. One girl, late teens, stood on a bench in the middle of Queen Street shouting profanities at past. What are you doing looking at me? Oh, no one's looking at her. I certainly wasn't. Eyes down. Drunk. Drunk. Be sober. In her right mind. I mean, if you told her today, perhaps she'd done that. She probably wouldn't believe you. Be, be clear thinking. Be, clear, be sober. Be vigilant. Now, vigilant is on your on your guard. The picture here is maybe the soldier on duty. Uh, he's on sentry duty and uh, the enemy is out there. He knows the enemy's out there. Well, what, what's he going to be doing? Well, he's not having a, uh, he's not putting his feet to having a cup of tea. I hope he's not or else there's, there's great danger for him. No, he's got his armour and he has his weapons and he's got his night vision goggles on because it's going, going dark and uh, he, he's He's got an important job for his own life and the lives of his comrades. And see, my responsibility isn't only for me, but for you as well. We're responsible for each other. He'll go for a, a weak point in the life of a church. Put on the gospel armour. Have we got the armour on as a whole gathered church? Is, who, is the, you are, who is the weakest link? He's going to go. Try and get in. So it comes to us all. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. He's very annoyed about what happened at Calvary. Now, because of Calvary, he's on a chain. We learn that in, uh, that's a truth from Revelation 20, first three verses. The result of Calvary, symbolically, an angel descends chains him for a thousand years again, symbolic, the gospel uh, period. He's on a chain. He is limited. He's been chained by, by the Lord himself, but he's, he's angry and he's seeking whom he may devour. So be wise, be vigilant. And Jesus Christ had to be. He had to be. And the devil's looking for an opportune time. And he comes at Jesus Christ throughout those three years, various ways. He uses his enemies, his out-and-out -out enemies. Well, of course, he, he, he would. So in John chapter 8, you have um, that group of Pharisees who, who come against him with all sorts of, of questions. And Jesus has to say to them, you're, you're of your father the devil. He was a liar from the beginning and he's the father of lies. And eventually they say, who do you think you are? Or before Abraham was, uh, I am. And they pick up stones to, to stone him. Now it's men who are doing this, but you can see that behind these men, the wiles 
of the devil using his foes and his uh, enemies. He'll even use his friends. It's wise up to these things. Now, they don't mean to be used. I mean, Peter didn't mean to be used. He was trying to be helpful. Who do people say I am? Oh, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're a prophet. But who do you say I am? Peter, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Have you got that? And Jesus says to Peter, you didn't work that out for yourself. My Father in heaven, reveal that to you. Now, when you come to know that, rejoice. Oh, jump for joy, because this is something the Spirit reveals to you. You can't, you can't, you see, I could give you arguments, and on the bounds of probability, you'd say, well, probably he is the Son of God. That doesn't save you. You need to know he's the Son of God. That's a spiritual work that can no doubts. It can no doubts. If you work it out from probability, well, yeah, well, that doesn't change. The probabilities don't change. And then Jesus, after Peter has said that, begins to say to them, we're going to Jerusalem, I'll be arrested, uh, I'm going to be killed. But on the third day I will rise. Now you know what Peter does, he's well-meaning. He doesn't understand the deep things of God. He gets the surface, he is God's king who's come to reign, and may be here and now in Jerusalem, beat up the Romans, send them away, set up the kingdom, I'll be prime minister, he can be the chancellor. Whoopie do, no. Get thee behind me, Satan, looking at Peter, get, who's behind this? Keep away from the cross. Don't go that way. Looking to, well, if the foes are looking to destroy him, here his friends trying to deflect him. Don't be so serious. You know, give, give yourself a bit of slack. You're praying every day? Still reading your Bible every day? You read your Bible for how long? Why do you read so many Christian books? Dampen. The enthusiasm of a young believer, maybe, that they end up being conformed to what we are like. Isn't that sad? I mean, are we the epitome of what it means to be a Christian? Are we the real New Testament, authentic, spirit-filled, joyful? Are we what we ought to be? A new convert, would you commend yourself to that new convert? We ought to be able to do. No, we commend Christ to a new convert. We commend the Scriptures to a new convert. We commend the Spirit to a new convert. Keep looking to Jesus, and if you see anything of Him in me, then copy it. But when you see things that you, you know, actually, that's not the way it should be done, reject it. I, you know, as a young convert, I, I would sadly idolize at times certain ministers. But as the years go by, yeah, they're only men, they have their problems. Remember one lad in his early 20s coming to see me. There'd been a real problem in a local church and the pastor had messed up. And he came to me and said, you know, I have no heroes anymore. Well, good, because the only hero you should have is Jesus Christ. Keep looking to, to him. Yeah, you know, here's Peter, he means, well, oh, no, 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 no. Get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of, of man. So his foes his friends, even his family. In Mark chapter 3, we're told that his mother and brothers come to him where there's a crowd of people, there's so many people that Jesus hasn't even got time to eat, and uh, they think he's lost his mind. 
That's what the, the gospel tells us. And there's Mary, his mother, and his brothers after the flesh. We know some of their, their names. And uh, they think he's lost his mind. And uh, in John chapter 7, his brothers are, are mocking him. These are his physical brothers after the flesh. Joseph and Mary had other children after the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, oh, no one who wants to be famous keeps himself in the dark. Uh, show yourself at the, the feast, for even his own brothers were told in John 7 verse 5, didn't believe in him. Dis discouraging. Family looking to discourage. Well, these things shouldn't surprise us. And behind it all, we ought to be able to see the fingerprints of the enemy. Sober up. Be vigilant. Be sober. Be wise. Jesus conquers all. We haven't got to the final battle yet, but here's this wonderful section in Hebrews chapter 4. Who's your federal head? I get rid of Adam, my friend, this morning. Let me encourage you again. At home, wherever the camera is, or, or here, are you still hanging on to Adam? He wouldn't want you to hang on to him. Look at our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this summary now in Hebrews 4 and verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now when that opportune time comes for the enemy to attack you or us as a church, may we look to him, we come to the throne of grace and we will find grace because it abounds, it superabounds over sin to help in that time of need. Often we think, oh, how could I face that? Looking ahead, he hasn't given you the grace, but when it comes to it, he will. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't leave us, he doesn't forsake us. He comes to us. Jesus, here's the thing, was tempted in all points as we are. Temptation is not sin. And if you feel tempted, that is human. God cannot be tempted. Cannot tempt God. For who is Jesus Christ? Fully God. Beyond temptation. Fully man. Can be tempted. Mystic union. One person. Two natures. He's the eternal person of the Son of God who takes to himself humanity, this wonderful union. Fully human. Fully divine and the devil comes to tempt that humanity and he is tempted in every way as we are you might think well some of these temptations uh, they're not covered in my temptations my friend the bible would be a very 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 huge book if you were to write down every detail and every specific all we have are great principles here that you and I need to work out. 
When temptations come, that is not a sin. It could be temptations of the mind, temptations of our passions, it could be financial, it could be passions and lusts, uh, it could be temptations through the eye gate, the ear gate, it could be sensual, it, it could be get gain for me. So many things. The devil wants to sideline you. If you're a Christian already, he can't stop you getting to heaven. He'll look to knock you out, put you on the sideline, hamstring you, hobble you, put you out of action. He's a master. He's been at it for 6,000 years and see. That's why we need to read the Bible. Even David, a man after God's own heart. See, when he saw that woman, he had a healthy response from his human nature. She was a very beautiful woman. But because he wasn't where he should have been, at battle perhaps with his men, and because he was lazy, he didn't get up till mid-afternoon, and he's sauntering on his rooftop looking down, he took the second glance. And that's where the problem starts. He yielded to the temptation. And because he's king, he has the opportunity, he has the power, then he calls for her. And the downward sp spiral, see, sin, one to another, ending up in being complicit in the murder of this wonderfully godly man. He sends for the husband, doesn't he? Because he's at battle and she's pregnant now. And, uh, well, let's, let's see what we can do. Let's bring Uriah back from the battle. He'll sleep with his wife and they just assume because there's no DNA testing in those days. He's not going to go on Jeremy Kyle or anything like that. I've got the results. No, there wasn't any of that. I'd have been some suspicion. Well, he looks a bit like David. Doesn't look at all like Uriah. But no, then nothing could be proved. So it will be a seed. It is Uriah's. But you know, Uriah's more righteous than David. How could I go home to my wife and sleep in our bed when the armies are at, at war? Far be it from me. I will not do such a thing. So David gets him drunk and has another go. No, I won't do such a thing. So he sends him back to the battle lines carrying his own death warrant, put him in the thick of the battle. And so he dies. What a mess. Yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. And on that rooftop, she is a very beautiful woman. Now let's get back to business. Maybe I should be at war actually. There's one example. Work out the principles and the details of your life, my, your heart, your temptations are different to mine. But whatever they are, don't yield. It's yielding that's sin. And, and wonderfully, what a hymn. Each victory will help you. Some other to win. Fight manfully. See, it's, it's cowardly to give in. Why would we do it? We let ourselves down, we let the family down, we let God down. Dark passions subdue. How do I do it? Look ever to Jesus. Don't start a day without looking to Him, for He will carry you through. Ask the Saviour to help you. Comfort, strengthen and keep you. He is willing to aid you. 
He will carry you through. So then the final battle comes. The death of the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 12, the Lord Jesus Christ speaks about the gathering of the forces and the prince of this world having uh, his hour. John chapter 12, let's look, verse 27. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come. No, I'm not going to be deflected or discouraged or distracted or defeated or deflated. Father, glorify your name. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. Well, what a wonderful work the Lord has been doing ever since. He is determined. His close friend betrays him for 30 pieces of silver. For Jesus, the world is not enough. For Judas, it's 30 pieces of silver, about 5,000 pounds. What's your price, my friend? What would you sell him for? Surely the world is not enough. The rich young man, when he turned his back because he was very rich, however rich he was, he hasn't got it now. However rich he was, he hasn't got it now. Lazarus, beggar covered in sores. It was only for a time. I don't belittle suffering, but the poor you will always have with you. Jesus quoting the Old Testament law. But it's eternity we're looking to. To him that overcometh, God giveth a crown. Through faith we shall conquer, though often cast down. They all desert him, and all the forces of hell gather. Judas goes out, and it's night. It's night for the soul of Judas Iscariot. They all flee. Calvary then, he's nailed to the cross of Calvary. Desolate, deserted, dying. And then he dies and all the forces of hell. Was there a party in hell that day? I wonder what the devil thought he'd achieved. He looks to defeat him and deflect him. He doesn't. He must understand the substitution. He's going to die that these might be set free. And maybe he's willing then to, I don't know, don't want to over-speculate. But he doesn't know what's going to happen. Because in the death of death, that great book by John Owen, it's worth reading, the death of death in the death of Christ. Death defeated by the death of Christ. How? Because on the third day, wasn't Satan listening? See, this was unique for him. Although he's been studying humanity for 6,000 years, this, this one is unique. He's only got one shot at this one. Whatever he expected, he didn't expect this, that up from the grave he arose on the third day, as he said. The devil must have... Well, he's super angry now because he hasn't got Christ and he hasn't got you and me. He lost it all and his doom is written. Sealed. Oh, swap sides, my friend. Don't hang on to Adam. Jesus Christ, victorious over hell, death, sin, destruction, and the bringer in and usherer in of life. Or well, C.S. Lewis puts it so wonderfully. Uh, when um, Edmund has uh, rebelled and he's become a traitor and he's under the 
Then the, he's in the clutches of the, the wicked witch. And uh, Aslan, of course, that great figure of Christ, wants to release Edmund and uh, comes and has uh, a talk with, with the witch. And then he comes away from the witch and the witch is cackling and Aslan says, Edmund can go. And Edmund is released. But then the lion, he allows himself, his mane to be shorn, he's tied to the stone table and he's killed. And the children are devastated and Edmund is distraught and beside himself. In the depths of the gloom, there's suddenly a crack in the stone table. He's cracked. If you haven't read The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, sorry for the spoilers, but I'm sure you, you have. And there's Aslan standing there in all his glory. Oh, Aslan, Aslan, we thought you were dead. What magic is this? Oh, although the witch knew of some magic, there was a deeper magic she knew nothing about. That if one who is totally innocent offers himself on behalf of the guilty, then time begins to reverse and death is defeated. So this is an allegory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did the devil know? Well, surely not. That deep, deep truth. And here on Calvary and the resurrection, that total, final victory. Now for you and for me, look, the devil's looking for opportune times. Uh, lots of applications you, you could make. We need to do it ourselves, but, but beware. He is around. And he's looking for that chink, who he may devour. What do we do? That's why I read Ephesians chapter 6. Put on the gospel armor, each piece put on with prayer. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. I don't start the day without praying for the armor of light. I pray for myself, my wife, my family, and, the, and us as a whole church. I pray for the pastor, the elders, the deacons, and every member, and those who regularly attend. And if you join me in doing that, I think a lot of nastiness and difficulties will begin to melt away. Because we're all together, soldiers of Christ arise, we put our armour on, and we pray for each other, and we're looking to Jesus. Now, he's our captain. He'll not let us down. He'll not lead us in strange ways. Keep on looking to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Would you trust him this morning? Don't go out with Adam. Don't turn off YouTube with Adam. Go out with Jesus Christ. Give me a tug on the sleeve. I want to be sure of myself. Can you help me? I, can, I can't help you. I can point you in the right direction, though. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for an all too brief time in your word. We pray, Lord, you would have spoken to each and every one of us. Now help us to go out and apply it. For some, they need to be saved. Lord, help them not to hesitate, but to call on the name of Jesus Christ. For we who are your people, help us to serve you well, to wise up, and to be vigilant, and to serve you in our day and generation. Amen. What did I choose? All oh, right, good one. A sovereign protector I have unseen, yet forever at hand, unchangeably faithful to save. Five, six, seven.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen.